0: Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: The Talk Sport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can
0: also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, eighteen plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items delivery fee and time supply see
1: McDonald's.com.
2: Everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Forever Bristol City podcast, going out live and being recorded on Saturday evening at six o'clock. Joining me are our usual contributors, and anybody else, if you want to dial in or make your messages on the uh, text feed, please do so. But joining me this evening in the studio are uh, Ian, Les, and uh, Greenan, aka Mark. I don't know what's happened there, Mark. Has your mic gone down? Uh, but anyway, we digress. What an afternoon or what a lunchtime it was. The final score from the Cardiff City Stadium, I think it's that correct. Uh, the correct name was Cardiff City 1, Bristol City 2, second to the win away on the road for uh, Nigel. And it was a bloody good performance. There's no doubt about that. I'll come to you first, uh, Mark. Um, Quick 30 seconds on the game. Just a quick encapsulation, as you saw it.
3: Andy Viman showed his foresprung dork technique twice to, to be the king of the road for City in a resilient performance, which between 59th and 64th minute, they, they were will under the pressure of Cardiff's back, No chance. Another fantastic goal. Three great points
2: on the road. They start winning at home. Great stuff, well, that's what we want. Les your thoughts in a in a nutshell on the overall game?
0: Yeah, I thought it was our best performance of the season so far, and I think it was our best performance under Pearson. Finally, we're looking like a side with a real shape and a real resilience, who look like they've played together for a lot longer than they actually have. And Pearson at the moment is making players who were seemingly very average look much, much better. So, last game before the international break and a real positive to go into it uh, definitely week off.
2: Definitely. Ian, your thoughts in summary on the game?
0: Excellent
1: away performance. Pearson got everything right uh, in terms of matching Cardiff, but with physicality, when we got the ball down well, uh, got the ball down, we played some decent football as well. Uh, But you have to earn the right to play, and today we earned the right to play Uh, with the increased physicality in the team, and everyone competed. Um, And and that was, for me, that was what generated the win. Okay, we had a a little bit of uh, good fortune with uh, Andy King's back heel off the line in the first half, which could be my champagne moment of the season, as someone suggested on Twitter. Yeah. So, But yeah, I I think that uh, that was the key, is that he got his shape, and the personnel right to compete with Cardiff, and I hope he doesn't make any changes for the next game against Preston, who are now after a terrible start. We're now going three well. in a row.
2: They've won three in a row. Yeah, Les, uh, you talked yeah. about uh, shape. Um, I mean, he. Some would say he was playing Baker uh, as a left back. I mean, I don't think so. If you look at that starting lineup, I mean, he dropped. Uh, he dropped. The two I'll call them underperformers from the previous game, and that's maybe being a bit harsh. But that was Simpson and uh, De Silva. They didn't make the starting lineup. But was it was it three at the back with wing backs, or how how did you see it? The shape?
0: No, I thought it was four at the back. Uh, Baker at left back, but Prings naturally a defensive player, isn't he? So it might have looked like a five at some points. Um, but no, I, I thought it was obvious thing to do De Silva has been targeted throughout the season so far by opposition sides um, and against side that Cardiff who are probably the most direct side in the league he was always going to be the one who they were going to pick on so it made sense to put Baker out there when I saw the team I couldn't really work out whether it was going to be a three or a four but I think Masengo was playing on the right of a four uh, in midfield so I think it was like a 4-4-1-1 four, four, one, one, the kind of formation that he's been playing uh, so far this season, so he
2: didn't de- he didn't he didn't deviate from what he knows uh, Not and what start. he feels very comfortable yeah. with. No, yeah, Ian. How did you see the shape of the side? I mean, it's pretty much what we were saying he should do earlier in the week, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was from a personnel perspective. I th- I think um, I, I put a couple of suggestions on Twitter, and one of them was exactly the team he picked in terms of the personnel uh I think the way I describe it is fluid when we were attacking it was uh four four two at times it looked like four three three when masengo was closer to the middle um and at other times it looked like uh, three central defenders or five at the back however you cut it if if you call it a back five just for a minute um Kalas was the shortest guy in there. So that yeah. and, and that can't have happened very often since he joined the club. And against a team like that, Les made a great point. This big diagonal that's been absolutely doing us didn't happen today. No. If it did happen, they were trying to win headers against Baker and Pring, as opposed to Jada Silva and calamo Dowder uh, and, yeah. and that's that's the key thing. If you've got that amount of, um, that amount of strength, you've got to compete against these these teams physically, because otherwise that and we've seen it for seasons, even some of the managers I remember um Gary Rowett at, at Millwall saying oh yeah well we're going down to Bristol
2: Top touch we'll Top touch
1: up. yeah and, and 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 they did you, you ain't going to beat that side up
2: say no. that now no um Mark uh, Les said Kipring is defensively defensively uh, minded but he's got a pretty mean cross on him and there was some great surging runs from, from him and you know that left side you know with him in it and, and, and Baker as well it's solid there's not a lot going to get past that is it really?
3: No he's got he's got some pace and for a player that only made his debut I think against Reading you wouldn't think it he think he's a he's a season championship player he doesn't play with any fear fear at all Bit like you know, Alex Scott's bit, been showing, and and he'll win, he'll win fouls. He looks to go forward, and that's the big difference between the sides uh this season. City looked to go forward, even when they conceded, they wanted to win the game. Yeah, and I was particularly impressed. A player I thought would be out of his comfort zone today, but Masengo, I thought, being shunted to the right, it might yep. leave him out isolated. But he, he's a very intelligent player. Yeah, came inside to take care of things. I think he was only left isolated once in the first half when the ball went past him, and I think there was an overload where the ball went was dissected across. You know, a couple of crosses and, and Cardiff had chances on the right, but apart from that, I mean, their throw-ins didn't really cause us any problems. That's no. what we were really well- worried about. Lots of throw-ins.
2: Yeah, I think they had three corners.: against, Yeah, I think they had three corners against R4. Ian, um, the game, as any local derby, it gets off to quite a sensitive well uh, a tense affair, and City were really lucky early on when uh, more broke through, and that was a great tackle. Uh, certainly wasn't a foul. If the player had gone down, they might have appealed for one. But uh, that was sort of one of the few things that Kiefer Moore did, wasn't it, really, when he broke through the middle early on? Good tackle by Baker.
0: It wasn't
2: Moore. It yeah, wasn't Moore. Um, no, it's was It no, Was it Giles?
3: Moore flicked, fl- flicked it on. To, and was Giles it? took it in his stride, yes. Ryan Giles, he's on loan from Wolves. He, he'd been on loan at Coventry and, uh, well, Shrewsbury, Coventry and Rotherham before. A very useful player on the right, left But There that go.
2: But, Les, that was a great, that was a great tackle from uh, Baker, wasn't it? Yeah, without touching the ball, he didn't bring the man down. He just got his body in there, didn't he?
0: Oh, me Ian, who has you speaking
2: Les, to? Les,
0: Les, oh, sorry, man. Les. Yeah, 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 I mean, it was. He, um... He showed good pace, actually, to get back. Spaker's not renowned for being that quick. I mean, if the Cardiff player goes down, they're going to scream for a penalty. I don't think it was a foul. But he hasn't got any of the ball. He's just put him under enough pressure with Bentley coming out as well to really enable us to stop the space and stop him getting his his shot away. Uh, But no, it it was poor defending by Atkinson. He he lost his positional sense again. He got dragged to a ball that was never going to win and then ended up in no man's land. Um, but Baker did very, very well. And Bentley did well as well. And but um, it was a warning shot, really. But other than that, really, enough. You know. Right, and we got the 20 minutes. We, created yeah, we little. got
2: the opening goal. We got the opening goal. Let's talk to each of you about the goal. So I'll stick with you, Les, on the goal. Twenty-one minutes. Calas to Viner, great pass, and Flint uh, was left. That no, Masengo. Uh,
3: it was Masengo to Viner.
2: Was it? There you go. You see, look, yep. I'm, I'm. somebody <laughs> criticised me the other day saying I'm shit with ages. I can't even identify the players now. Sorry. But, uh, whoever, so, look, it was a good ball by Viner to Wyman, wasn't it, Les? Yeah, and uh, it, it, a great finish.
0: It, it was, but let's be honest, if Bristol City can see that goal, we're going to be absolutely furious about the quality of defending because yeah. Bo- Flint's gone ball-watching and Wyman's made a great run. Flint is... Obviously slow. Uh but the touch that Viman had wasn't a particularly good one. And the keepers come out and then just stopped. Uh if he follows his run to get the ball, he'll get there before Weiman every day of the week. Um so it was poor defending from Flint to let his man go, and then it was poor goalkeeping. It was a good finish. Uh but, you know, we need to be fair to Weiner and say it was a good ball as well. But it, it wasn't good defending and we took advantage of that.
2: Definitely. Ian, uh, your view on the goal after my sort of uh, getting it all right. was trying to be clever with the, the pass before the pass. So <laughs> I've been corrected. It's Masengo. But, it, you know, Flint in the Alice hairband, he seemed up for the game, but he was sort of just shown a clean pair of heels by Viman, wasn't he?
1: Well, if you, and you always will, because if, you, if you're if you up against Flint and Morrison, what you don't do, and we still did it far too much, uh, you know, while we're all pat- patting ourselves on the back. We still did it far too much. Is play the ball forward in the air because that's exactly where he wants it. What you've got to do is get Vyman away from him, Martin away from him, and get them on the half-turn and return facing goal. And every time we did that, they had problems. So you had uh, the ball from Masengo, sensible, back to Viner. Viner had a look-up, um, played a nice... Soft, just lumpy. He played a nice soft pass in, and it went in behind Flynn, and it was it was a, a great finish by Ryan. But like I said earlier on, it, it's all about it's all about service. It's all about and and yeah. putting strikers up front is great, but you've got to have the people that can give them the service. And, and in the same way, the second goal, what a fantastic,
2: lovely. Well, we come, right on to that. we come on to that. On on to that. that. We, we, we come, come on to that. We come. We come on to that. We come on to that. And brilliant
1: yeah. cross from Antoine Semenya bypassed the entire car Yeah. And Voinman's had a good sense to pull up the back stick and come in and catch it on the volley. I thought it was.
2: A- yeah. Well, we we'll go through that second goal in uh, a minute because um, Mark, I'll- Dave, I,
1: d- I don't know if I don't know if you, 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 Mike, micro- Dave. Hello. Is that better? Your mic, your microphone keeps going in and out. Hello,
2: that's better, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's probably I, better. Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, no, that's cool. I get, cool. Did I get yeah. my view on yeah. the goal. I'm going <laughs> yes. go on. You give your view on the goal, Mark, and we Ian's already given us his view on the second one. But uh, Mark, how did you <laughs> how did you see that? first? Well, I watched it a
3: few times just before we came on air, and the thing is, Viner plays the ball, and Viman goes to touch it. It almost skids underneath his foot. So Flint's going to make the challenge, and that sort of waving the ball does him completely and Phillips just waits. It's all the view from behind the goal. He can't make up his mind, waits to come forward. And by then it's too late. Vyman's passed Flint and he's got all the right, the other side of the goal and he just flicks it across him. So he did, yeah, he just did it. He just did him, but the, letting the ball run under his foot, not intentionally because he completely, he completely uh, misses, misses the first ball. And then he just flicked it into the corner. It's a great finish.
2: No, it but, was. He uh, got it a better was. luck. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did, but that's what you need sometimes. Les, yeah? um, the uh, back heel off the line by King, champagne moment, that looked a goal all the way. If he hadn't flicked that away like he did, that was 1-1 going into the break, wasn't it?
0: Yeah? Oh, I mean, it was unbelievable defending, not just because he got there, but it's because of the flick. If he's just blocked it... Um, with his body on the line. There's two Cardiff players inside the six-yard box. We're just going to tap it into an empty net. So for him to not just block it, but also get it out of that danger zone, showed real experience, quality, and it was a big, big moment. Because if we equalise after 30 minutes, we really are going to be on the back foot. Uh, So yeah, it, it was really, really good defending, not just to get into position, but also to clear the ball outside of harm's way as well.
2: No, that was good. And then Dan Bentley, um, he did two good saves after that. One he touched away around the post. Another one he got down uh, low. So, you know, City could have gone in half-time square, but they they kept their lead, wasn't it? That was a couple of good saves by Bents in goal.
0: Well, yeah, but they're saves you expect him to make. If he doesn't save them, then questions are going to be asked of him. Um, They may look flashy, but, you know, that's his job. You expect him to save those, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Ian, City started, Bristol City that is, well, it was only one City, Um, started the second half and Cardiff enjoyed, I'll say, a good spell. The goal when it came was after a little bit of pressure. It was a a messy one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was more getting on the end of something and Baker trying to clear it just blasted it into Bentley's uh, back. So Bentley got credited with uh, the own goal, but it was scrappy one to concede, wasn't it?
1: Oh, it's a really poor goal. Um, if, if you deconstruct it, it started when the ball went to Pack. Pack is 10 yards outside the penalty area. Can whoever's shuffling that paper and sh- slamming doors stop doing it? Because it's been doing it for five minutes now and it's a right nose. Um, yeah, Pack's in about uh, 10 yards of space. Nobody around him, 10 yards out from goal. Nice little no look pass, but boy, he didn't have to have some time to do it. And Kiefer Moore's made a run and no one's tracked him. Inside our box, it was very similar to the Blackpool goal. Very similar. So that's something we need to look at. The cross, I, I don't blame Dan Bentley at all. The, the Callas didn't, because he didn't track the run, he didn't get close enough. Uh, the ball deflects off him. It goes uh, quite quickly. It goes under Bentley. And then Baker does clear it off the line in fairness to him. But, unfortunately, he doesn't get enough height on it, and it smacks Bentley and goes in the net. But, in fairness, the Andy King back heel off the line we would had earlier. So, I suppose, it, you know... We you win some, you lose some.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah Red, exactly. Red Robin on here said it took a deflection, but he, he, he says uh, you... Point a small finger at uh, Bentley in uh, in that respect. I mean, Mark, their equalising goal, Ian said it was a bit like the one we conceded against uh, Blackpool. I thought as well that as somebody pointed out, I think it was on Twitter this afternoon that again it came through a gap between the right side, well, between the fullback and the right, uh, uh, the right of the central defensive two. We. A bit like the goal we conceded against Middlesbrough to some extent, where the midfielder has time and space to pick his spot. Did you see it like that?
3: Yeah, and um, it was just a huge. It was a huge gap there, and I also saw sort of James and, and King being isolated again. Um, we were just caught very, very flat. Um, there was no the concentration was poor, and I fought more, more shot, shot first of all, but he didn't. He, all he's doing is looking to get the ball in the six in the six yard box. Uh Canas comes out and tries to make up for his mistake, but deflects it and it squirms under uh, under Bentley and there's just no room for the clearance that just goes straight into his back. But, I mean, considering that Cardiff just, you know, pumped lots of crosses into the box, that is our weak point. A flat ball um, between the full-back and, you know, and the centre-back. Same matman against Reading, I think. We you know where they had the overload... Um, for the goal by the forward whose name i forgot that went left to left to right where he hit it in the opposite corner and at middlesbrough where they had those two crosses they you know they that, that's our that's our weak point uh gaps you know between between the right the right the right uh, back and and the center back is where we're getting caught yeah. so we've got to do something about that
2: But as you said earlier, Les, uh, City aren't one to just sit back and try and contain, which would have been very difficult against these uh, guys uh, because the aerial bombardment didn't come and then the goal that proved to be the winner. It was class, in my view. I mean, Masengo picked up uh, the ball, moved one way, but then did a purposeful back heel. And then Semenyo, who I criticised last week for not being able to cross a ball, uh, he, he crossed it up and, a fantastic finish by Vyman, wasn't it? But just the, the whole build-up to that goal was good, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, and I think Pearson deserves credit for getting Semenyo on. I mean, I thought he was absolutely dreadful last week. But he did more within a couple of minutes by running at the Cardiff defence than he did in the entirety at the time he came on uh, against Swansea. And misengo's done a, a neat back hill. Semenyo usually kind of drills it in low. Um, has played a really nice lofted pass. The defender's got caught underneath the ball. It was poor defending. And Viman, who usually in this position, you know, smashes it into the crowd or over the stand, has just absolutely nailed it. And the keeper hasn't got a chance. I mean, Viman doesn't tend to score many goals like that. He's usually quite instinctive, but he had time to think about it. And he, you know, we saw it against Blackpool in the first half. You know, he's six yards out and he's absolutely launched it over the bar. So I was, you know, for him to get his head over the ball and connect with it so smoothly and not give the keeper a chance no, it was I mean, class. I think, it, I think it just shows the confidence he's got you know what I mean um, yeah. and yeah I mean it's it was huge a huge goal for us because we've been playing well this season without getting the points I think we deserved so
2: well, we come on yeah. to that with Pearson's yeah. comments because he talked about the individual games. I mean, Mark, uh, I, I'll be honest, I said before Vyman's first goal, I think he'd done something, just hit it forward aimlessly. I said, God, what a waste of space here. So I've got to eat huge, <laughs> huge amounts of humble pie. you know. And here's a guy who's got four goals already. And I seem to think eighteen, nineteen season, he started with four. I think he got a couple at Swansea once and then didn't score that many he's never had a season in his career where he scored more than I'll probably get this wrong as well more than 12 but he's on fire at the moment isn't he but the goal was cracking
3: yeah because he got his knee over the ball and the ball's coming to come in uh, over the top of the defense so it's, he hits it on the half volley on the full. that's not not easy not, not an easy technique. So he gets everything right. It's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful finish. And Weimann gets gets lots of chances. I think where we get disgruntled is that, I mean, when he doesn't hit the target, when he's well placed, and he, it certainly happened against Blackpool, it happened against, against Swansea, he can blaze the ball. But, you know, he just showed so much control today and he's capable of that. He did that against Sheffield United when he got that hat-trick up at Bramall Lane he can score yeah. some great goals and he just runs and runs and when you're playing somebody like a false number 9 like Chris Martin he's going to take get a lot of bruises because he's playing with his back to goal you've got an ideal partner in Vyman who will you know he will play across the front line and he will find space and he will get chances and today he buried them absolutely buried them we didn't waste our chances we had five shots on target for nine attempts Pretty good. It's not fantastic football, but the performances are really reflecting, you know, the points. We probably deserve three more points than we got at this stage. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm that's fair happy. comment.
2: That's fair. That's fair comment. Hey, Ian, you talked us through the goal uh, a few moments ago, but look, let's look at the closing stages of the game. They didn't really get a look in, did they? And I was concerned. I tweeted that, uh, oh, my God, they brought Jada Silver on to cope with the uh, aerial bombardment. It never really came. And for once, De Silva did show more on the offensive side, but City didn't look in any major danger in that final 20 minutes, did they?
1: Um, Well, I don't know. I don't know about not looking in any any major danger. I I think... They saw the game out quite well, which is something in the past that we've been very guilty of not doing. Blackpool it was less. It weekend. was less
2: eleventh hour than Reading away, wasn't it? Because we were panicking then. But you know, we seem to have yeah. a measure of uh, car- Cardiff today. I thought. Well, that, it, was uh, less, it
1: was less Rourke's, less less drift than uh, yeah. than it normally is. I, I want to. I, I still want to know. I want Mark. Don't just send me a text or something, Martin. Tell me how you hit the ball on the full and call it a volley. Don't don't answer now, but just send me a text on it because I don't get that. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, I mean someone said on here Red Robin, I think game management was good today. And it was. It, it it was. It wasn't fabulous because we should have kept the ball even better than we did. Because we didn't have a great deal of possession, and that that's something that if you want me to develop it now, I'll develop it now. If you want me to develop it later, I will.
2: Okay. Right. <laughs> well,
1: in, in in terms of possession, we, we've we won two out of three away games. Yeah. Okay, so today we had 38% possession. 38, yeah, yeah. 38. Reading, we had 33% possession. Okay, Th- those are the two games we've won. Guess what our possession was against Borough? 58, 50, I think, wasn't it? 50, something. Oh I'll tell you, 62. Yeah. And I think that tells you something about our team and it could point to why our waveform has been better than our home form for a while. And that's well, about three years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it has. And, and, and people say, well, why, why is that? Why, what's the matter with Ashleigh If you have more of the ball, we're less of a threat. And that, that sounds odd, but it, the trouble is, if we have more of the ball... We go for this recycling thing, you know, backwards, backwards, sideways, forward, sideways, pass it back again, and everybody's half asleep. And when sides come on to us, we, we seem to be able, more effective on the break. So I think that's something that the analysts at Bristol City really should should get their heads around, and perhaps we need to play differently at home than we have been doing. It's just, it's just a thought. I'm not saying I've got the answer. But um, it's certainly food for thought. When you think you win two out of three away from home over a season, that would give you 46 points. Yeah, You only need another 30 at home and you're in the playoffs. So yeah. I'd, I'd love to see some real, you know, by uh, by an analysis expert, and I don't claim to be one of those, but I do notice trends. And if you, if you look at that, um, and I, I don't think in fairness, before the start of the season, that any of us, would have had Reading in Cardiff, down as as banker away wins. Our two, no, sure. as
2: our two away wins, and we've ended up with what we thought, I think, pretty much was acceptable level of points after the first five games. You know, if we'd have lost today, it's a shitty start to the season, and we won, and it's made up maybe for the disappointment of the Blackpool home, Swansea home games, and and Middlesbrough. I mean, Pearson said after the match he felt every game perhaps bar the Middlesbrough game, Uh, although he said even in that one, at 1-1, we had a chance. But, you know, we we could be three points better off and, hey, it's then two points a game from the opening five. Um, Les, Ian's talked about the home form and fundamental need to change. I mean, it is three and a half years, longer than that, that we are... You know, and this is under three different managers now, that the away form is better. What's wrong with Ashton Gate? Why aren't we so good in front of our own uh, fans?
0: To be blunt and honest, we don't have the creativity to break teams down. Um, when teams come up against us, we can play on the break and we've got runners. You need more than runners at home. Uh, I mean, if you look at Byman, his best performances for us have been away from home. I can't remember a game at home where he has had a significant impact on a game. There will have been games where really, he has, but I can't remember them. If you look at his away form, he had a hat-trick at Sheffield United. He, he, His constant running, his pressing makes such a big difference against teams who want to come out of play. Mm. I think at home, we need the likes of Palmer. We need the likes of Wells. We need more of an attacking threat. Martin by himself against a team who are going to stick six men behind the ball isn't going to work. And mm. I think a lot of teams are struggling with this. It's not just us. Teams like to sit in and then play on the break. And we, along with others, haven't come up with a way to break those teams down. And I think this season is going to be, you know, at Ashton Gate, it could be quite a long, challenging watch. Because yeah. you don't have that ability to break teams down. And it's not going to be easy when you've got Martin up front by himself.
2: Well, the only one that we've probably got who has got that ability, and I think... You, OK, you could argue Casey Palmer should be that person, but then it's young Alex Scott and congratulations to him on getting called up to the uh, under-19s or what have you. But, Mark, I mean, that creativity, where do you accommodate it in that side? Because, you know, that side that started the game, you know, it, it's, that's the way we If we play like that every week, we ain't going to be any threat of uh, relegation you know we'd be lower mid-table but how do you fit the creativity into that side who makes way in your mind for that creativity looking at that team that performed exceptionally well today
3: you don't necessarily have to do that what you can do is bring your full backs into the game more so they they get ahead of the ball and provide you with some width so, you know, they, 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 are, they are able to break the lines. That's what we, we don't do. We don't really have a lot of pace. You couldn't say that Danny Simpson or um, Zach Viner are going to provide that on the right. Jay Silver really hasn't shown that, but Cameron Pring could. Um,
0: yeah.
3: So, I mean, you've got, if you've got somebody like Matty James who can pass the ball, he uh, can certainly pass the ball, but somebody's got to be running ahead of the ball, and that's what we just haven't done that. No. And like you said, you go back to the seventeen eighteen season when we won eleven games. That was the season where we threatened to get in the mm. playoffs until after Christmas. And we had Bobby Reed and Joe Bryan and Aidan Flint who all went off at the end of that season. And then since then, it's been eight seven seven home wins, absolutely yeah. abysmal. so we've got to turn point. that around. But it's the ability to get players ahead, you know, ahead of the ball. You know, even defenders who can be auxiliary midfielders, like. Uh, like uh, Rob Atkinson, it something needs to happen because at the moment we're a little bit safe. You're probably only say we're a, you know we're a mid-table team.
2: You know this team is going to the top on last, six. but it's yeah based on last yeah, it's season. It's an improvement, isn't it? It's, it's a
3: fantastic improvement. But you know we, I don't think we 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 will threaten the top sides unless we, we we offer something from the flanks. Or something, or something in in midfield, um, you could see uh, Masengo improving his game. I think you know from winning those tackles, playing the ball forward. You could, you know, if he could, if he could shoot, he gets into some good positions today. He he just curled the ball around the post. He might you might even get an assist soon. But he does some fantastic work. Uh, you know, being like the water carrier in midfield, making tackles, keeping us going forward and making, making the simple pass. But yeah, it's just the ability to threaten at home because we we still really haven't done that enough yet.
2: That's no, what we need to do. Well, not for a long while. Ian, um, I mean, Sick Note Williams was uh, doing a reasonable job in the uh, uh, commentary box uh, today. Uh, O'Dowd is, um, you know, is so say gonna be fit after the international break. Are either of those likely to start or be accommodated to bring what Mark and Les say is lacking against Preston a fortnight today? You know, do they what would they add to what's already there?
1: Um well O'Dowda is a more naturally attacking player than Cam Bring. So if you were going to play a four four two, he could play. Pring goes to left back, and uh, O'Dowda goes on the wing. What I would do is, is keep exactly the same team. Um, it, it would definitely be a three five two at home, um, and I'd have uh, O'Dowda and um, Williams Pring. on the bench.
2: Okay, yeah, O'Dowda and uh, no, Williams. No. yeah, O'Dowda and Williams on the sh- bench. Yeah, you wouldn't bring them in.
1: Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd hope fit, everybody's fit, because uh, Kundi must be close, because otherwise, I don't think Nigel Pearson, as much as he doesn't rate Taylor more, and he threw him under the bus again tonight. uh I, did he? I don't think... What did he well, say? In his after-match after comments, uh, well, but he's gone on loan because he's not going to get any game... He's not going to get much game time here. So, I mean, that's <laughs> right. more or less, and, and whether... whether it's <laughs> No, whether it, whether it turns into a permanent, he also said, and the reporter didn't even ask him if if mm-hmm. it was any chance it could turn into a perm. So that for me is, I don't think it, it, it wasn't terrible, but I mean, he did throw the kid under the bus after the Forest Green game when they said, yeah. oh, Thomas Callas played well. And obviously, you know, in there with him, Taylor Moore. No, 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 Thomas Callas played well. Yeah. So, so
2: he's got the I, ick, I he's got the he, ick. He's got the ick about Taylor Well You'd,
1: Morris, you'd hope that Kundi that, that is going to be fit after the international break. Because, yeah. like Semenyo, he had an op. And I've seen him doing rehab and one thing or another. I don't know if he's in full training yet. But I hope he's available. Because if you're going to play with three centre-backs, uh, whether one of them's a left-back... Because we've done it before. I mean, Lee Johnson did it when he had a back-forward that were all centre-backs you remember that one? He had Bailey right at right back, Magnuson at left.
2: And at left,
1: yeah. And Baker and Callas in the middle. Sorry, uh, Callas and Webster in the middle. Various combinations, yeah. You know, there's various combinations, but it's been done before and it actually, it it worked quite well. So, um, it'd be, be, I hope, as I say, I hope Cundy's fit because obviously if Callas goes well on international duty and comes back with a two-weaker or something like that, and he's going to be out, you need a right-sided centre-back. I know he's got the option of moving Zach in one, but you've got to make your mind up about him. And I think in the long term... And
2: going to need... Sorry, go on. I see
1: Zach Viner Viner becoming... I think he's a really useful sub because he can play three different positions, or he has played three different... Uh, Correct. I think that's the thing so. with.
2: I think that's the thing with Zach, isn't it? He's that he's that utility player rather than being yeah. the, the nailed-on specialist in right back, right centre, or uh, or midfield. Yeah. No, that makes uh, that makes total sense. That does. Les, let me come back to you just to wrap up on the game, and I'll ask each of you this: you know, man of the match, excluding Viman, who. Getting two goals, uh, you know, uh, with a natural man of the match. If you had to pick a star performer from the remainder of uh, the team out there today, who would yours? Who would yours be?
0: I think it's very, very difficult to say because if you if you look at player ratings, I think we got a stack of players who are at eights. I thought Masengo and James were excellent in the middle. I thought Martin, again with very little support from the ref, made a big difference to getting us up the pitch. So I don't think there was a standout player I thought Baker did very well I thought Pring you know we say he's a defensively minded player but he does get up the pitch and he gets some good balls in and he's good on the ball I think he's been a massive success uh, over the last few weeks Um, so I would be leaning towards Pring actually Um, but I don't think there was a standout player alongside and I thought it was a real team effort and I think yeah. that's what we want. And it's something yeah. we haven't seen for a long time. For probably. a long, long time.
2: Yeah. yeah. Mark, who would you, if, would you agree with, Les, that, um, you know, Vyman's going to get the, the star, but if you had to pick one other, or would you say there's probably four or five if, that would get an, an eight? Or would you pick one yeah. individual?
3: Yeah, I'd say Masengo because he, you know, he, he could have failed miserably on the on the right hand side. I think we saw him on. I think he saw him on the right last season against Luton, and he was, he was awful. Um, you know, I think he just come back into the side and he just looked completely out of his depth. But today, he was able to play that f- fairly well. Uh, defensively and then came into the middle so at the end of the game when Andy King went off and did that equally well great back heel for the uh, for the Semenio assist uh, a, a nice neat pass to, to Viner and also had, had a shot as well You know, we say I was going not... to
2: say almost curled one in didn't he that would have been a stunning yeah. goal had it gone in yeah no I remember that and, he's, and I think he's,
3: he's, he's demonstrating you know, we know he's got lots of promise, but that's easy to say about lots, lots of players. But he's a player, like I said earlier, that most people would have had going out the door. We just didn't see a place for him in the side. He's been given a chance under Nigel Pearson, and I think he's one of the first players on the team sheet at the moment. But every player's got to work their backside off under Pearson to keep the shirt. And I think that's really bodes well for City because the work rate is terrific.
2: No, that's something that's been lacking, Ian. For you, was there a, a, a another? start other than the obvious Viman for his two goals?
1: I agree with what everyone's um, said so far about it being a team effort. Um, I think, I think Bentley, uh, Bentley had a good game because he was definitely the, what I, put, I think the busier of the two goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, I thought Masengo, um, I don't think, I don't know if you can remember Dave, you've been watching City as long as I have, I don't think I've ever seen a fitter player at our club because the kid's running as hard in the 95th minute as he is in the first. yeah. Uh, and I, I think, and bear in mind, he's in a position where he's at to do a lot of running. Um, I don't think he's the, he's the finished article yet. He, he needs to add goals and assists to his game to become the finished article. Um, yeah. I'm not talking about dozens, I'm talking about. Three or well, four if you got season, five, if you got
2: five goals a season and five assists in this next yeah. 41 games to go, if it was five and five, you'd say improvement. Yeah. And he'd probably get snapped up yeah. next summer by one of the big boys, wouldn't he? Or a Prem team, if he was that well, visible. I,
1: I, I don't know. I mean, I think that there's a blend in midfield. You don't all have to create and score, but it's well documented. And, you know, we scored two today. We got three at Reading. Um but in, in our home games, what we've done Drew, drew 1-0 uh, with Blackpool and lost one nil to Swansea.
2: Mm.
1: Is, is that the, uh, that's the two home games? That's it. That's right. So we haven't got uh, lots of goals in us at the moment. And Wells doesn't look like he's, he's going to get in the team unless someone gets injured. Uh, Casey Palmer is, is the same. I was looking and thinking, well, who's going to replace Chris Martin if he's unavailable? And I yep. can't see a natural come in without looking down in the under 23s. And the With Louis thing Britton
2: being the only is, one. He's the only one. Is, 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 there's is, there's is no life place for that,
1: there. None. No. And this is why I think we will probably come onto to the transfer window. I think yep, the, nice. the one player we do definitely need is a striker to replace FAM. Because um, yeah. I think Wells is staying. Um, there have been various rumours going around about fees agreed. Uh, with Preston and Birmingham, and but it, from what Pearson was saying, unless he's in the dark, and I don't think he would be, uh, it, it, my only fear is that we get a big bid, an acceptable bid on transfer deadline day, because I honestly think Steve Lansdowne would accept it. For, well, for anybody,
0: uh, you know, for anybody. It, it,
1: let's say Brighton. Mm-hmm. Let's say Brighton come in and said, right, okay. Um, 15 million 10 million for, for, for Thomas Callas, or somebody came in with 3 million, 4 million for Naki Wells. It's all right. People say, well, I'd bite their arm off that. Yeah, but you haven't got any time to replace them. So, unless you're really confident, uh, bear in mind, if you look at availability, we had 21st team players available today and 19 under 23 players available. And, I, and in those under 23 players, I'm including Conway, Bell, Britton. Pearson, Pearson mm. Riley, Towler, uh, lots of players who, who've actually got some first team experience. Yeah, so we've got enough players. that the The issue is quality and readiness.
2: <laughs> I'm laughing because Red Robin's put on there. And we come on to transfer window now, the closure of which is rapidly approaching. Red Robbins put on there four million for Wells. Who's a scout, Stevie Wonder? Maybe I don't know.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Stevie, <laughs> Stevie. Well, Red Robin, Stevie must have been our scout because we paid five.
2: Yeah, no, that's very true. Very true. Liz, like one of, I mean, the One ch- of
1: our one of our football experts said we'd pay five million quid for him and it was funded out of the Josh Brownio deal. So I, I wouldn't be – he's a goal scorer in the championship. He's just not in the right club at the moment. Sorry <laughs> and all that.
2: Yeah, Les, the transfer window slams uh, shut on uh, was it t- Monday, Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Pearson's being very cagey. What he's saying doesn't envisage any ingoings, incomings, or outgoings. Muttered something about loans. I mean, do you see anything happening in the next seventy-two hours or so, or are we have we got what we got and that's it? And it's not that bad after all.
0: No, I think. I think we've got what we've got. I don't. I'm not in the know, but I don't hear any rumours or nothing that seems to be popping up saying anything's imminent. So, but I think Pearson's played a bit of a masterstroke there because people and fans have been crying out to get players in. But look at what he's done over a short period of time with the players that he's got. They've made huge steps forward, and if we get more players in, it that might make that transition slightly more difficult. Um, I yeah. think we need a striker. I don't think Chris Martin can play 46 games a season. I don't think he can play tr- twice in a week, and we haven't got a like-for-like light light other than an unproven player uh, from the youth set-up. So I would like us to go for a target man, a bit like a Michael Smith at Rotherham, but that seems to be dead in the water. Um, I think that's what we need, if worse comes to well. I don't, is there a, a load window, or does a does loan shut at the same time as transfer? I don't know. Shuts at the same time. Shuts, so you
2: can't do any of that now. It's interesting I, you say yeah. about interesting you say you go about going for the target man because we were being linked with uh a, an Accrington Stanley player i think it was this week or was it might have been Fleetwood um who was a quote in the Jamie Vardy mold well in a sort Jeez. of roundabout way um uh, v- Vymans, that nippy striker and if we bring in another in the Jamie Vardy mode it it's not a it's not a backup for martin it that would that makes um, Naki Wells' position even more questionable, doesn't it? If you bring in that type Yeah, but, type we, don't, we, don't, we,
0: yeah, but we, we just don't know if it's true or not. No. You know what I mean? Because didn't the chairman come out and saying, well, this is complete use to me? Yeah. And I think a lot of the time... People get their rumors from Gregor and Gregor McGregor makes up as he goes along he hasn't got a clue what's going on and he gets all his, <laughs> he gets all his information from the forum do you know what I mean and other yeah. people on there make things up as they go along as well so it's just no it,
3: it, it's just, <laughs> like, thought it was all true
0: oh. I, I, I have complete trust in Pearson and what Pearson wants is yeah. he going to want a Vardy-like striker? He probably will, but he's made it very clear this is a three-year project. This is a first transfer window. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and Martin ain't got that much time left in there, maybe a year or two. So maybe that's something that will happen over time. I yeah. can't see it just transitioning in this window. Um, will we get anyone in? Maybe we'll get a loan in. I don't know. Uh, but Pearson seems very, very happy with what he's got, and to be fair, I think he's doing a very good job so far this season yeah. with the tools at his disposal uh, so I, I, Usually, I, usually, most transfer windows. If at this point, I'm saying, yeah, let's we need two people in. Let's get some players in. Uh, but I trust Pearson and what he's done so far, so I'll go with whatever he thinks is best.
2: Yeah, Mark, do you Seriously? think anybody's going to be coming or going? I mean, do you think what's more likely, outgoings or? Incomings, if you had to in, make in, that
3: incomings, choice. Incomings, although the market is so slow. I mean, I'm just off the top of my head, thought of somebody who might be available. I don't know if he's a right player for Bristol City. His wages would be high. They definitely have to be subsidised. But West Brom have just brought in Jordan Hugill from Norwich on loan, which makes Kenneth Sahor's position really untenable there. Mm. I think his first appearance of the season was in their, in their Carabao Cup thrashing against Arsenal the other night. So he's out of the picture. don't know if he'd be right. It's probably on high wages. Could get subsidised. But otherwise, it's probably take a chance on a Premier League player, somebody who might be available. But I Um, I, I don't know. It's just pure, pure
2: supposition. I'll I'll be honest, Mark. You say Kenneth Zahore, and I read a bit about him in uh, Neil Warnock's book, uh, My Kind of Club. Good book, if anybody's not read it all about his uh, time in charge at uh, Cardiff City. And uh, Zahore, I think, uh, well, personally, just reading what he says about him in there, nothing massively scathing, but I would sooner see Louis Britton come in if you're looking for that sort of dominance rather than sort of shelling out the sort of wages that that, that he would want. I mean, Ian, I'll ask you the same question. Incomings more likely than outgoings or vice versa?
1: I think the only chance of what I'll call a major outgoing, we may see another under-23 player um, go out on loan. But uh, my my fear is, is what I said earlier on about, you know, us getting a big bid on deadline day or close to deadline day. And I, I think it's more likely to be a loan because Pearson said, well, you know, we might do a couple of loans. Um, players have, have, have gone out on loan and that's particularly with Taylor Moore going out, that's cleared a few bob um, in the budget for wages.
2: And Naj. So,
1: and Naj as well. Yep. And, oh, and Naj. I mean, Naj was a bigger... So, you know, Naj and Taylor Moore going out has probably cleared 600000 in wages. Yep. So yep. that that would subsidise a loan. I, I think you're right. I mean, Zahora's never really des- been desperately impressive. He is a big bloke. And I think we need that type of thing. Like you, I'd rather see Louis Britton um, Lewis Britton get a chance. He seems to be the least in favour of the young strikers. We hear Pearson talk about Zach Bell, Tommy Conway, and he doesn't often mention Louis Britton. And he was the last one to come into the team. So I don't know if that's something to do with the fact that the others have all signed longer term. And
2: is, I was going to say, is it about it? the contract situation? And, yeah.
1: Well, I, I don't know. Is the honest is the honest answer when he was linked to? a move uh, about six months ago, his dad came on Twitter and said, there's nothing in it. So, I, you know, I don't know, uh, but I would think that type of player, we do need somebody. I mean, I looked at, I thought, well, could Casey Palmer, uh, who's a, uh, a little bit taller, could could he go up front because he's, he's, you know, got a decent touch, he's quite strong, he's quite quick. Can he play back to goal? Dunno. Um, but he's not really that that player, uh, and he's That's, not, a, that's not an sort of interesting Palmer, that's an interesting
2: was... suggestion there because you know in midfield he gives the ball away in silly positions sometimes, but he's he's quite a unit, isn't he, Casey? And that's a that is an well, interesting. That's what thought. I thought
1: until I until I looked on Wiki and on the various other things, and I don't want to get onto the subject of height and <laughs> upset people. <laughs> <but> <laughs> he's he's. I thought Casey Palmer was was six foot plus. He's five foot eight.
2: Is that right? Maybe Which, it's that ponytail. Yeah, where's like high heels, sticking up on the according
1: to according to um, uh, you know what I can what I can find on the um, internet. I mean, some of it you have to be very careful because you do if you Google two or three things. My other thing once said Andy Bowman was six foot two, and I I don't honestly um, think that. Uh,
2: is Andy um, Vyman six foot two?
1: No, he's not. But no. No. I, I don't honestly think <laughs> he is. I mean, you're, you're telling me he's the same height as Nathan Baker. No, I'm not having it. But
2: no.
1: yeah, that's what I found about about Casey Palmer. I mean, I mean, fair play if someone actually knows what his height is and all the rest of it, and he's over six foot. Because I thought he's barring injuries, he's probably not going to get in the team ahead of Alex Scott regularly in midfield because they're they're both what I call tens. So. Yeah. You know, is is is
3: that an option?
1: Yeah. Um, do you
2: think Do you think somebody not, might I'm... come in for Do you think somebody might come in for uh, <laughs> What to give him a
3: lift home. Well, <laughs> I don't know.
2: <laughs> you know, people. Stranger things know. have happened. If you look at, if you had a
1: look look at the effect of the the Cardiff lad with a good left foot, uh, whose name I I Ryan forgot, Mark could tell me. Um, yeah. yeah, Giles. Um, if you look at the effect he had on the game. Uh, and but like I say Callum's got to get more goals more assists and he's got to become a goal scorer or a great goal scorer as opposed to a scorer of great goals because some of the goals he's got are absolutely out of this no,
2: world is no you're absolutely uh, but, right
1: yeah they are world is but you he doesn't get enough of them. But I, I, I like O'Dowd as a player. If he's playing left wing, let's get the bloke in his right position. And he was unlucky against Blackpool to get kicked in the shin early on. And he's been out a bit longer than I thought he would be. But yeah. hopefully after the work uh, for the next game, Nigel Pearson will actually have a fully fit senior squad to select from. And that's the first fully fit squad we'll have had in probably a year.
2: Yeah. No, without a doubt. Um, Guy, I put a little thread on uh, uh O-tib the other day, actually, and I was reading the uh, Pearson press conference news, and there was one sentence I picked up on it. I'm not a believer in collecting players. And I put that on yesterday morning at 10 o'clock, and just under 4,000 views and 120 replies. It's down on page two on the forum now. I mean, Les, uh, <laughs> we were into collecting players for pretty much the whole time that, Lee Johnson and Mark Ashton were uh, here. Do you think that was a subtle little dig at what had gone on uh, before and why he won't bring players in just for the sake of it?
0: I don't know if it's a dig. I think think it might just be what he truly believes in. And I think Mm. already this season we're seeing a big improvement in the quality of the football that we're playing. Maybe it's much easier to make those quick changes from both mentality and shape and tactics when you've got a much smaller group to work with. And, you know... I get the impression, they haven't said this, but maybe one or two of the players who were going out the door at the end of the the last season didn't perhaps have the right attitude or the attitude needed to get yourself out of a relegation battle. And I think he may have seen that and said, you know what, let's work with a much smaller, much more tight-knit group. Look at, look at a club like Leeds. Leeds don't have a big squad. They... You know, Bielsa likes to have a very small number of players and he'll play them at a position, but he wants that same group of that tight-knit squad. So I've got no issue with what Pearson's doing. It seems sensible. We always want to see new players coming in. It excites us. We get to see new players in the City shirt. But in Pearson, I trust, and I think he's doing a very good job with the players he's got, and he's making them better. And Downing yeah. and Fleming, whoever's doing the work on the training pitch, they deserve a lot of credit. Yes, we've only got seven points. Well, only seven points is a good, solid return. But the transformation in the way that we're playing is oh, it's, um, immense. It's, it's huge. But also, with o- Odelda, going back to him, I think Pring has done a very, very good job on that left-hand side. And I would be very surprised if Odelda comes straight back in and replaces him. Because the one thing Pring has got, he's stronger than Odelda and he can cross a ball as well, uh, which I don't convinced Odelda particularly good at at his delivery. So he's making players better. Players are getting better. And I'm, and yeah, I'm not convinced that a bigger squad's necessarily needed.
2: Yeah. Mark, um, it was noticeable today that uh, uh, Pearson was down on the touchline with um, Curtis Fleming alongside him. No sign of Dowling, Downing. Uh, I'm guessing he was maybe up in the box and Pearson sort of maybe felt he is better in the theatre of being on the technical uh, <laughs> area—that's what he said at the senior Reds uh, a couple of weeks ago. But um, was that, you know, was it? Do you, do you think Downing was in the box because he was nowhere near the touchline, was he? You know, and he couldn't have been scouting anybody, or unless he was looking at a player or something like that. But uh, do you think they swapped round today? I, I mean, I, I couldn't
3: really, really—I couldn't really be bothered. I was more interested that Nigel Pearson was there. But I mean, Nigel said he wants players to make their own decisions on the pitch, and we've seen them do that in the main, which is great. And, you know, he's put to trust in young players like Alex Scott and Cameron Pring and last year with Ryan Towler and with uh, Louis, Louis Britton. Uh, coming on, and they haven't disappointed. Those players—they give everything for him. They really are a reflection of the manager, the grit and determination yeah. that we want because we're f- just fed up of players just drifting along, not tracking back. This this season, there there ain't, there ain't been any passengers, none none no. at all. And that's the that's what we want. Hundred percent right. Yeah, and, and we yeah. will earn the points last season some of the performances didn't deserve the wins it's not that this season City will earn the right to play and they will they make chances and they'll defend as a unit and we will earn the points and I think we'll finish halfway or above and, and we'll be well on the road to that you know starting that three-year project I've got no doubt so I'm really really pleased
2: yeah Except, we're, we're, we're positive uh, Ian final question uh, for you and I'm just reading a thread off of uh, off of Otib now uh, Bristol City the Pearson era could this be the result and performance that go on to define our season um, it has arrived best football I've seen in a good few years now said Marco the Red just need to fix the home form I mean do you think we are seeing now <laughs> and with two home games to come you know, wouldn't it be great if we could get it right at Ashton Gate but do you think we're seeing the Nigel Pearson era on what he is about and the way he is taking the club forward
1: well if if I could just because there's a few questions in there if I could just deconstruct that a little bit Um, there's five games gone and I'm not going to get carried away because don't forget we won for four on the on the spin at the start of last season. Look how that turned mm-hmm. out. So let's put mm-hmm. loads of caveats in. One, we need to stay fit and injury free, particularly as Les pointed out. We've got a small first team squad, um, but we have got a, a lot of players. If you if you throw in the under 23s, now um, is it the Pearson era, and I don't think so, not yet. Um, I think we need to be careful. Probably ask me after the next two home games, because if we won both of those games and we maintain that for the rest of the season, and that's massive ifs, but if we did, we'd finish up with 85 points. In some years, that's been enough to take you up automatically. So I'm, I'm saying very pleased, but don't get carried away. And we, we do need to strengthen our squad with the addition of another striker, whether it's a loan, a perm or, or whatever. And I had to look at the guy at Akers and Stanley. I know it's in the, at the lower level, but he's got some goal scoring record. is better than a goal a game. So, yeah. um, well, let's know, wait he's and looking see. for a Jay, Jamie Vardy type guy. I mean, bearing in mind that Leicester signed Vardy for Fleetwood um, I, I, for a million quid. If he's looking for that type, then that type's not Chris Martin. So, it, you know, I think it, what you need is a a replacement um, for, for for Chris Martin. Um, it, not by, by saying replacement. I mean, when he's unavailable. He's 32. He's not going to play 46 games this season. Nope. And you don't want to totally disrupt the way you play. Um because you've got to put a different player up front. You've got to put volumin up front. Yeah. You've got but then Nathan
2: you can Wells have a plan B. Front. but you can't have a plan you can have a plan B. And personally, you know, shelling out wages on somebody that is not necessarily going to be transformational, but you know, having Louis Britton you know, maybe make do and mend with him until January if Chris doesn't play? Because as you say, two home games coming up, Preston and uh, Luton it is, I think, in that order. Um, you, what you're saying is that Martin is not necessarily going to start both of those, or why not play him in one and then have Britain start the next one and then bring Martin on if he's just not measuring up? You know, just or, or call Chris play Martin, Martin an sub. Well, you play,
1: you know, or play Martin for... Sixty minutes or seventy minutes in both, and give him give him twenty minutes, twenty five, thirty minutes, yeah. including injury time. And that's rest. better than that's I'm better just, than
2: bringing in a that's better than bringing in a body, well, isn't it? For the sake of it, it, it is.
1: But but my my concern seems to be that is Britain in Nigel Pearson's plans? That's my concern. If he is fabulous, because I, I I totally agree that he's the guy you bring in. I, I don't think it'd be fair to bring in Naki. And play like we are with the we do play too many long balls still to Chris Martin. And Naki's not you know, you imagine him up against Aidan Flint. If you're not if it's fair enough, if you're playing little through balls and balls down the channel like the one that Byneman scored for, yeah, do that. Yeah. But you know, you, he's not gonna you know, stick him up front <laughs> against Flint and Morrison and play like we did at times and it, it just isn't gonna come off.
2: Yeah, Nope. Guys, um, we've come to the end of uh, our uh, um, our episode before the international break. Uh, while the international break's going on, I'll do a little one-on-one with uh, Dave Fevs, just seeing how he uh, how he's viewed uh, the first uh, five games. Um, I mean, again, thanks to everybody who's been uh, listening uh, today, uh, which is really good. And if you aren't already following us on Twitter, please do. Uh, we're up to 476 give us another 24 followers and we will have the same number of followers as Isis K reading that on the news <laughs> I can't believe that you know 500 people can determine the, the fate of a country but um, you know but uh, and those two home games I think afterwards Ian, they come up with uh, its QPR away millwall away Fulham at home so yeah we need to win those uh, two uh, two home games but uh, I I see little Lee Johnson's got Sunderland at the top Top of the table so whether their fans will be getting the same disappointment in the second half we remain to see and I did have a little chuckle because I thought it should tune it up against the mighty AFC Wimbledon and they're still looking for their first win of the season because they got pegged back to uh, 2-2 but uh, look the final score in the lunchtime game at Cardiff it was Cardiff City 1 Bristol City 2 Seven points from the first five games—not too bad. Ian, Mark, and Les, thanks, and thanks to everybody who's listened. Enjoy the international break, and uh, we'll speak to you all again uh, very, very soon in one of these live broadcasts at uh, this time, yep. or maybe on a Sunday morning uh, if it's uh, a Saturday home game. But thanks a lot for God all bless, your contributions. Uh, God bless. All the best. God Cheers bless everyone. Well. Bye. 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 Bye.
1: It's the 90th minute, all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery fee and times supply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: This podcast is proud
2: to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.